Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome back, and today we have a lady from Sudbury who has a very interesting uh, operation that she runs, and her name is Adebola. Welcome. Thank you very much, Peter. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about your where you come from, first of all. I'm from Nigeria. <laughs> I came to Canada five years ago. Okay. And what about it? Talk about your education. Okay. Um, so in Nigeria, I, I um, studied education, early childhood education, precisely Montessori, um, Montessori certified from Nigeria. And when I came to Canada, I decided to continue in that area. So I took the early childhood education diploma program at Seneca College. When I completed that, I went into the Bachelors of Child Development program. And I just completed that also. <laughs> so uh, have you really started to work yet, or are you still just working on your organization? Um, I've always worked part-time, so um, even while studying at Seneca College, I worked with the City of Toronto Early Learning and Child Care. I worked in a few daycare centers. Um, while I was studying full-time, I was also working part-time. I was. I also worked at Seneca College as a tutor and a as a tutor at the learning center teaching early childhood education courses. But when COVID started, I had to stop my job. <laughs> so now you've started a, an organization that's your own. Tell us about that and how you came up with the name. Okay. <laughs> so um, it's a non-for-profit organization. It's Afro Women and Youth Foundation. Um, Afro Women and Youth Foundation started because of my experience, my family's experience when we came to Canada. I said we came to Canada five years ago. And when we came, my first daughter um, started school at the TDSB, that's the Toronto District School Board. But um, it happened that she was the only black girl in class. And friends in class would say things like, um, she couldn't join them at recess. She couldn't play with them. So she was always by herself. She didn't have any friend for two years. Um, I went to school. I went to speak with the teacher. And she said to us that, she said to me and my husband that there's really nothing she could do because she could not force other kids to play with our own child. Um, that was very disappointing for me because I, I thought that teachers, um, I know that teachers are trained to provide support to all students. So coming from a non certified teacher, I was a little bit disappointed, but what I did as a parent, as an educator, was to step in to provide support to my child. So um, every day I gave her strategies on how to build confidence, on how to not let anybody um, make her feel less of herself, how to speak up when um, she's been treated badly. So and gradually she was she learned those strategies. Um, at recess she was still playing by herself, so um, to avoid that she would go volunteer you know for some time in the kindergarten classroom just not to be by herself alone at recess um, eventually when she got a grade five she got the award for the most confident child in class and that was very like that was super super amazing for me because it was a difficult time for the family but 
we were able to um, support each other. We were able to face the challenge. We built resilience. She built um, leadership skills. And um, coming out as the most confident child in class, I thought I could do more than supporting my child because I have friends who are also um, black immigrants, black newcomers, um, women who are also experiencing the same thing. And some of their children were also struggling in the school system because people bully them because of their skin color. Uh, people say bad things to them. And this is not happening like 10, 15, or 20 years ago. This happened from 2016 to 2018. So it's so recent and it's happening every day in the school system. Um, so I decided to um, provide more support to other people. And that was why I started Afro Women and Youth Foundation to provide support to women who are newcomers and black um, immigrants and also to the youth who are in the school system are struggling with anti-black racism and are not sure how to deal with the issue. Yes. <laughs> That's interesting. My daughter's a grade three teacher, so oh, awesome. I understand <laughs> what you're, you're talking about. Okay. But it's also interesting that you're in Sudbury, where I'm yeah, sure yeah. there are not many black people in Sudbury. Yeah. Okay, so um, my my coming to Sudbury is, is, is something that just happened recently because my husband got a job in Sudbury, so we just came around to see what's happening in Sudbury, how we can also pro provide support to the black families in Sudbury. There's not so many people in Sudbury, but um, the black community in Sudbury is also growing very fast. Yes, because I've contacted some of them. Um, it's so funny that where I was working in Toronto, the shelter where I was doing the workshops before COVID started, which is one of the centers of cost immigrant services. So some of the people, some of the newcomers at that location, um, are being moved to Sudbury because the shelter is full. <laughs> the Toronto shelters are, you know, full already. So they're telling newcomers, um, refugees, people in the shelter, to consider Sudbury as an option. So there's a lot of newcomers, a lot of people in the shelter system who are now moving to Sudbury. Yes. But the work that I still do um, is still supporting um, families in Toronto and York region. A few people in Sudbury are also interested in what we're doing. So hopefully we would, you know, reach out to them also. Because everything we're doing at this time, it, it's all online. Virtual programming is what we're doing right now. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that you're in the minority in Sudbury. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm in the minority in Markham. <laughs> okay. Forty-five percent of our population are Chinese, oh. and another twenty percent are Sri Lankan, Indian, and Pakistani. Wow! So it's a, a little different <laughs> community. Yes. So tell us about your programs. What do you do? Okay, so the programs that I do is um, grouped into three different areas. It's leadership development, empowerment, leadership development, empowerment, and mentorship. So the leadership development, the, the idea is to be able to support people in the black community and the newcomers to be able to enhance their leadership skills because we believe that when they enhance their leadership skills, they can be able to um, confront some of these challenges that black people, black families face on daily basis. So we've developed uh, about 13 altogether 
courses that we deliver to the people that we serve. Um, some of the topics include uh, Be the Best, how to handle peer pressure, how to handle anti-black racism, um, exploring, volunteering um, in Canada. Uh, we also have Be the Best. We have basic financial skills. We have resume critique and interview skills. So for people who want to get into they're newcomers, they want to get a job, but they just want somebody to help them check their resume and see how they can do or perform at interviews. We also have that. So altogether, we have 13 of those courses that we deliver to our target audience. Well, that's terrific. So <laughs> do you have a team? How many are on oh, your yeah. team? Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, I have a team of um, five people, five committed, very, very committed people. So when I started this work almost two years ago, I shared my dream with some people, some of my mentors, some of my professors at Seneca College, people that I know would be able to um, provide support in terms of um, resources, in terms of networking, recommending me, recommending or mentioning me in some places. So I spoke to them, I booked appointments, I shared my passion, my dream, what I hope to see in the future, how this can be sustainable, how we can be able to make impact on a long term. I shared this dream with them and these people decided to support me. So all together we have a, a, team, of, a team of five people. We have um, Paul, who is, a, who is a project management professional. Um, I have Shireen, who is a professor at Seneca College, the School of Early Childhood Education. Um, I have Terry, who is also a professor at, at Seneca College, the School of Early Childhood Education. I have Josephine, who is also a professor at Seneca College. And I have Ola, who is an engineer, who is very passionate about black people, black young girls getting involved in STEM. Um, she wants to see people do more. She wants to empower them. She wants to mentor them. And all of these people are very committed. And none of them is getting paid. I don't even get paid. <laughs> you know, we're all doing it to support the black community so that we can see the change. We want to become the change. And eventually, we'll see the change um, in other people. And um, we can hopefully make a change in the society. So one of the things I've noticed is there's a lot of organizations that are operating in the same space that you are. A lot of them are operating in silos. Mm. They don't work together. <laughs> they don't want to share things. Okay. And instead of going across and supporting each other. Mm. So what about partnerships? How, how uh, have you worked on partnerships? Oh, yes. So like I said before, um, that one of the places that I was delivering the workshops was in the shelter, one of the shelters, of course, the immigrant services. So when I was starting out, I knew that I couldn't do this by myself. I so much believe in networking, partnership, collaborations, because that's when we can be able to impact more people and also harness some resources that we don't have. So what I did at the beginning was to reach out to this shelter. I um, booked an appointment with the manager and I said, I have this program and I believe it will benefit the black families in this shelter. And they said they serve everybody, not only the black families. So how is this relevant to all the people in the shelter? And I explained to them how it is relevant. Um, and they said, oh, that sounds good. That's good. You can come. And they donated 
a space, like a um, not fully donation, but it gave us a space that we could use anytime we're having sessions. So that's um, a form of co collaboration with that particular shelter. Another thing I did, like I, that I said before, was to share my dreams, share my dream with my professors at Seneca College, and they also support me. So one of my professors, one of my volunteer is a family yoga trainer, and she comes to the shelter to deliver yoga sessions. When we're having virtual sessions, she also does yoga online for the families. That's another thing. And at some point, I saw that I needed to do more in terms of um, programming um, because there's a, there's a specialty that um, women support uh, network women support of network of york region that they have um they are more focused on gender-based violence human trafficking i saw that i was not um well i'm not well equipped in that area and i reached out to them and we had about four weeks four to six weeks of session with them so they came and delivered the session to the clients that we served. So I so much believe in collaboration, I believe in partnership, and I'm always reaching out to, for people to support. Um, Seneca Helix is another one that has been of great support. When I started when I started having this idea, I wasn't sure how to um, expand on it. I wasn't sure how to get the resources, but I got into Seneca Helix and everything became clearer to me. I got a coach um, and I meet with my coach on a weekly basis with other people who are also in the coaching program. And at that, uh, um, on every week we brainstorm, we come up with ideas, I share my ideas. I, I you know, it's, it's like a progression. So I tell them what I'm doing right now, um, what I intend to do, and everybody come up with different ideas. There's also a lot of referrals, networking, recommendations. Um, last year, we got some funding when COVID started, and they had outbreak in the shelter. And I wanted to support the families that, that we serve. And um, Seneca Helix gave us some support in terms of funding, and we were able to also do more for the people that we serve. So all of that is part partnership, collaborations, and support. And that's how we keep, we get going what we are doing. So yes, I so much believe in partnership and collaboration. <laughs> how about your daughter? Is she involved? <laughs> Oh yes, so she she's a very committed person. She volunteers. She puts things together. When we were before COVID started, she was always at the registration desk. So she goes when people come, she registers them. She she also helps in in sharing donations because we also do clothes drive. We get things from people that we take to the shelter. So she gives to people who need them. And then recently, she said she wants to also be speaking. So very soon, she's going to be sharing a story and also empowering teenagers, young people who are struggling with um, discrimination and black racism in the school system. So yes, she is a very committed member. That's terrific. <laughs> How about your husband? Oh, so my husband is Paul, the person I said is the project management professional. He is very, very committed, very, very committed. Yes. So he He's supports, supports He's what you're team. doing. Absolutely. He believes in women empowerment, and also uh, he wants to really be part of the voices speaking against anti-black racism. He's a strong support that I have. All right, you have to connect with uh, the university in Sudbury. <laughs> <And> Hopefully. <laughs> I would think so. 
So having said all that, you're, you're fairly new to Sudbury. How are you going to build your organization in Sudbury? <laughs> so, yeah, um, like I, I so much believe in partnership. You know, so what I did, we just, we just came last week, yes. So what I did as soon as I came is to try to see um, existing communities. So there's multicultural organization. There's the Nigerian Association in Sudbury. I already contacted them. There's United Way in Sudbury. I spoke with the manager yesterday. I told him what I am doing. And um, it's so good that I got an award from United Way Greater Toronto, a Black Community Leadership Award in February. So I already um, spoke with them yesterday about my work in Toronto and York region and how I intend to also continue what I'm doing in Sudbury. Uh, we already fixed an appointment for next week and hopefully there's going to be more conversation. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So you are, okay, here's a more challenging question. That's okay. <laughs> three, three years from now, okay. what's your organization going to look like? Okay, so three years from now, we, we saw three years from now when we started. So it's it's a good question. <laughs> so um, three years from now, we we hope to be able to have that physical space where I call Welcome and Integration Center for Black Families. So um, you know how we have welcome centers across Canada? So this one is not just a welcome center because we don't want to just be welcoming black families. We want to be able to support their integration, successful integration in Canada. Because when people are being welcomed, you're welcomed, you go away. And so black racism is our reality on a daily basis. So we want to be able to provide that sustainable support. So when you're Dealing with it in the school system, you want to be able to come. Just work in and we'll provide that support. When a child is struggling in school and, and it's affecting their mental health, we want them to be able to come in and just have a, you know, just have appointment, just work in and there's someone you can talk to. So we want to be able to provide that everyday support because anti-black racism is not what you deal with one time. It is ongoing. It's an everyday challenge. So we want to also provide that consistent support so that families can be well equipped and that way we can also empower a lot of people to become leaders and also speak up become advocates so that our lives black families black lives can actually be improved in canada and everywhere around the world sounds to me like you want to set up several locations <laughs> in uh, in, dif in different provinces um well yeah, kind of, but you know, um, COVID nineteen has made us know that um, the world is is so close. We're all so close. Um, so when I when COVID started and we moved our programs online, people started joining us from different parts of Canada, from Halifax, from Pickering, from Sudbury, from like all over. So um, we may not we that's a long term goal. We will get there in, you know, I don't know how many years from now, but even right now, we already have people from different province, from different province joining us online. So that connection is what we want to just continue to strengthen so that people can have, so in three years, people should be able to have access to what we are doing online and even in the physical location, access the resources and be able to get going with whichever um, areas of support that they need. So you're doing webinars, are you? 
And we're going to get into that. That's part of the long-term goal. Um, we are not there yet. So what we're doing right now is just Zoom sessions. So we, we, we connect on Zoom. That's what we're doing at this time. We'll still get to the webinars. So the sessions you're doing on Zoom, are you videotaping them and put them, putting them on YouTube? Yes, so we, we just recently started that. Um, before now, we weren't doing that. But the, the one we had last week, we did that already, and we hope to continue that so that we don't have to always repeat the same thing. So people who listen to it and they, they think they still want to watch again, they can go to it, and then new people can also go back to it and have access. Yes. So do you have a YouTube channel? Oh, yes, we have. It's it's Afro Women and Youth Foundation. We are on YouTube. Excellent. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have a website. Okay. So if you had an ask to ask to our listeners, what would you ask for? Um, I would ask for support to help us get that physical location, like a community space where we can actually be able to provide that everyday support that I described earlier. That would be very good. Um, the second thing I would be asking for is to support us with um, funding so we can be able to deliver the programs that we are doing to the people that we are serving. And that our budget is um, $60,000 a year. And in two years, that's um, one, one 20000 And in three years, it's $180,000. That is what I will be asking support for. <laughs> okay. So lastly, how do people reach your organization? What's your website? Our website is um, www.afrowife.org. And the, um, it's, the phone number is 905-955-8667. On Instagram, it's only afrowife. And um, YouTube is Afro Women and Youth Foundation. And on Facebook is Afro Women and Youth Foundation. Okay, you better go back and spell out the website. Okay, so it's www.afrowyf.org. Okay, well... Today we've had a wonderful opportunity to hear from a Nigerian-born teacher <laughs> who came to Canada and is making a huge difference because of her passion. And for all of you listening, you can hear in her voice her passion. And she is making a difference. And... Hopefully, you will reach out and support her organization. So thank you for joining us today, Adafoe. Thank you, Peter, for having me. I'm so grateful.